Morning, everybody. I thought I would show up this morning, eventually. Something about uh, Sunday morning that's just hard to get out of bed. Uh, this great alarm with uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson going beep, beep, beep. So I turned it off and rolled over and went back to sleep. He doesn't have a snooze button on his alarm clock. So Then I got up and I thought, oh no, <laughs> it's time to get ready for church now. <laughs> Oh dear. Well, Jesus, we thank you for your word to us. God, that you have invited us to come sit at your table. God, and to fellowship with you this morning. God, we're grateful to be in your house, to be a part of your family. And God, today what we pray is that you would do in us as only you can do. And that your word be planted in us and that it would accomplish the things that you have sent it forth to do. God, we pray it and ask it in your righteous name. Amen. Amen. Uh, so go with me to Second Corinthians 13. You know, we've been uh, you know, getting ready for this, uh, uh, the meetings coming and... and uh, um, We've been talking a lot lately about the uh, the things that, that we do working in concert with God and, and, and paying attention to the things that He's doing and the things that He's saying to us. So here in 2 Corinthians 13, uh, Paul is telling him that, uh, that he's going to be dropping in for a visit and he says, this is the third time I'm coming to you, because of course he's written them the letters and he's been there. Uh, in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. And I told you before, and I foretell you as if I were present the second time. And being absent now, I write to them which heretofore have sinned, and to all other that if I come again I will not spare. Sometimes his sentences are a bit squirrely for first thing in the morning, especially if you haven't had the coffee which I have not. So I told somebody yesterday uh, I ran out of coffee in the afternoon and I was like, Sunday school is going to be vicious tomorrow. <laughs> but because I woke up late, I didn't have time to send a scout over to Mike and Sarah's to beg, borrow, or steal some coffee. So We just made do. But uh, anyway... Um, so, he's, so he's telling him, it's like, okay, so I've now... You know, we, we talked in my, my first letter, we talked about things that needed straightened out in the church, and, and you zealously straightened those things out in the church until I was having to pull back on the reins in my second letter and tell him, okay, that's, let's take it easy on the poor guy. And, uh, and so he's, uh, but it's interesting here because he says, now I write to them which heretofore send unto all other, that if I come again I will not spare. So, so, to me, it carries this sense of uh, of how you know God will talk to you about things, and and he'll talk to you, and he'll talk to you, and he'll talk to you, and eventually, he's done talking, and 
and that, that's kind of what it seems like to me. And uh, and I think, uh, you know, when, when you fear God and and the man of God starts talking like that, you just kind of cringe lower in your seat, you know. You start looking through all the drawers in your heart thinking, is there anything in there that shouldn't be? You know. Uh, but he says, since you seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which toward you is weak, but is... Uh, or which toward you is not weak, but is mighty in you. And it's interesting that he that he says that you know since you seek proof of Christ speaking in me, because uh, it's like Ron says all those times that people would come up and say, "So who told you that?" Or you know, "How did you know that?" Uh, and and all that kind of thing. And uh, it's always interesting when you're uh, you bring the word and, and people just kind of stare at you like. Like who have you been talking to, or the, or they're just looking at you like you just wait. I want to meet you out in the parking lot later, because you know? <laughs> we are that kind of church. But <laughs> just kidding. Okay. Uh, for though he was crucified through weakness, yet he, he lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but shall live with him by the power of God towards you. So he goes back to this sense of of weakness, you know, because God, he said that uh, I know your frame, I know your dust. His expectations from dust are pretty low. Um, it can be quite tenacious at times. We had a little clock that had some dust on it, and and Cynthia took her her Ming skills to it, and. It was, and it took her a while. She was like, "I'm gonna have to come back to this later when I have more time. I can really do battle with this thing." So dust can be pretty stubborn, but but he he's talking about the sense of weakness because when you try and serve God and you find out that you just can't get it together and you can't do the things that that He would have you do, that's an important thing to understand because it brings us into weakness. Uh, I was. Uh, I was telling my boys yesterday, uh, the kids, I was talking to them about temptation. Because James said that you're blessed when you endure temptation. And so I talked to him about that. And I talked to him about the importance of understanding that um, being presented with some kind of temptation in itself is not sin. That doesn't constitute sin. You can you can walk by a magazine rack and and see that it's there and see the contents of it, that does, that's not sin. Sin comes when you decide you're going to stare at it and you're memorizing it and you're going to take it with you in your brain and think about it later. And and so I was talking to him about that difference because it's important to understand that there are those things that we can do, that we can endure those temptations and we can say no to them. And... Uh, but it's also crucial to understand that those things in and of themselves are separate from whether or not the pearly gates are going to swing open when you get there. Because that that's all about the blood of Christ. Right. And and it's all about his merit. So, you know, whether or not you uh you have made mistakes uh is really beside the point there because when he opens the book and there's going to be nothing there but blood. However, 
he does have expectations for us, and that's what Paul's talking about here. Um, about, um, you know, we've written about these things before, and so let, let's deal with those. So he says here in 5, Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith, and prove your own selves. That's quite the statement. Um, you know, before you before you go anywhere, hopefully, you examine yourself in the mirror. And uh, there's nothing like being you've been somewhere in a big group of people for about 20 minutes, and somebody tells you that your fly is down, or or that you've got like a like an entire head of lettuce hanging out of your teeth or something. Um, so examining yourself is a really valuable thing. Um, but he but he says here, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. And this word examine, it's it's like test. Like make a trial of this thing. Let's do an experiment here. A litmus test. So he says, and prove your own selves. And this word prove is really kind of the same word. It's very similar. But it has with it this sense of testing it to show that it's approved. Uh, the, this other word seems to be a little bit more neutral, but... But it has the sense of of proving whether or not you're in the faith. That's what, and that's what he's saying here. So he says, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you except you be reprobates. Um, it's kind of an awkward way to say this. And, and really there's no... No, no violence done to what he's saying here to say it. Know ye not your own selves that except or unless Jesus Christ be in you, you're reprobate. And this, and this word reprobate, what it means is unapproved, worthless. And and so, um, and so the that would be the proof then, wouldn't it? Is does Christ dwell in me? And am I? Uh, am I letting him be be Lord of me? Am I obeying the things that he tells me to do? Uh, that's the sticky thing I think that that we run into so often because because we understand that that we're weak in him, but we also but he's made strong in us, and so he gives us power to to do things, and he gives us power to to live the way he would have us to live. So, um, and this is this is the kind of thing I'm always thinking about this time of year as we come up to, to having the, the winter meetings and stuff because when 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 God is really knocking at your heart's door to do something great, it usually starts with cleaning the house. You know, we we had some people over for Zoe's birthday yesterday, and. Yes, like on Friday, our house looked like a tornado had gone through it. And so by the time everybody showed up, it was like, yeah, we live like this all the time. It looks great. You know, everything's perfect. Place for everything. Everything is in its place. It's always like this. Um, but, uh, you know, especially if somebody is coming to your house and they've never been there before, you know you have to make sure that everything is just so. So but uh, it's a pleasant fiction, at least. But um, we do that with our life. You know, sometimes we have something important coming up and we realize, you know what? I should probably clean house. 
And the interesting thing about cleaning house, when you start moving your couch and, and sweeping out behind it, there's all kinds of stuff that you didn't know was there. And, uh, um, and so it's interesting when we, when we examine ourselves and find those things. And, and I know we've talked about this a lot around here, but I think this is a great time to bring up again the, the caveat that when you're examining yourself, by the Word of God, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in another place here in a minute. It's important to understand the difference between just checking versus going on a witch hunt. And, you know, because you can you can be looking for problems, and you can be determined that you're going to find something. Uh, we did this uh, we did this fence job for this uh, homeowners association, and. Our guy Brian has—he's really has a lot of experience with fences, and he did just a superb job running this 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 job. And the property manager lady was real nice, uh, but she went with him to do the walkthrough, and she told him, "I am going to find something <laughs> because there's like 800 some linear feet of fence." She's like, "I want to find something that needs touched up on this." Could not find a thing, and. Uh, and she was like, "Wow, that was really boring." She's like, that was a waste of time, you know. And uh, you know, and, and actually, um, there's a couple different schools of thought in in painting about how you should uh, present the job to the customer before the walker. You can do everything that you could possibly find um, and hope they don't find anything. That's that's Mike and I's school of thought. And then there was the school of thought that Brian came from is you should leave them something because then they'll find it, they'll feel like they did their job, they found something, you fixed it, and they'll leave you alone. I, I, I don't like that, especially because then, then they start thinking, well, what else is there? And they, you know, so, you know, and you just never know. People are, are different. Sometimes you deal with people and you would have never thought that they were the kind of person they are. I, we had a few of those this week. It's like those, uh, they like, it's like watching Mission Impossible, and they tear their little face off, and they're somebody completely different. <laughs> oh, okay. So I said all that to say that uh, it's, a, it's important to uh, not, not approach self-examination with that sense of I'm going to find something. Um, because it's really destructive to your faith and your sense of well-being that, that God loves me. Um, because... You know, I don't know. It's like having a kid with uh, frosting on his on his face, like out here. You know, and you just you don't want to make him feel bad, but you just kind of like, you know, and you know, but you know he'll see it eventually. He'll go in the bathroom. He'll see it. You know, and uh, you know, and so God, God is way more cool about stuff than you would think, as far as he's patient. He's he's got time for stuff, and he's not nearly so antsy and driven as we are sometimes. Uh, go with me to Second Corinthians or First Corinthians, sorry, eleven. And so, of course, the famous chapter on communion here. You all knew where I was going. You all knew what I was going to say. But. Uh, the thing that he's, uh, you know, of course, talking about is them getting together for these these uh, 
these meetings and and things not going so smooth and and all that. And of course, you all know this. Um, and so we'll just go to uh, start in 27. Uh, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. So, of course, we know that's people get antsy when they're going to have a communion service at church because they don't want to show up and and uh, subject themselves to that risk. But as I uh, uh, <laughs> Cynthia's grandfather once uh, asked me if we did communion at our church. And I told her, yeah. Or I, I said, yeah, every service. He's like, oh, really, every service? I was like, yes, sir, we do. Um, you know, like, no, I, uh, no, I, and I examined myself by the Word of God. I mean, I, I compared myself to a cracker once, and we're both white and salty, but the similarities stopped there. <laughs> and, and he, he either just pretended I didn't say that, or he didn't catch it, and, and started telling me, oh, well, you know, this one church they do this thing. Okay, sir. Yeah, you bet. So of course the you know the the folly of you know the the superstition of the cracker and and the juice and because it has to be juice couldn't be wine because Jesus wouldn't have really made wine and, and and all that you know it's you know oh but uh, <laughs> um, but people get worked up about that cracker and you can see how um, treacherous it, it can be to get involved in some doctrine that is less than what the word of God says uh, and, and the things that people get hung up on are so funny sometimes like how could where how is this even a thing I was talking to somebody yesterday and, and I just I I thought how could that possibly you know, just like just dig me that out somewhere in the Bible and show me that. I, I, it's actually kind of mad, honestly. But, um, you know, and and I realized that my that being angry at them would be misplaced because that's you know not their fault that they have been indoctrinated with trash. But uh, um, anyway, so this this sense of uh, examining ourselves that he's talking about here. He said uh, where, in 27, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. So he's obviously talking about something serious that, that we should be paying attention to. And he says, Let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. You know, and I, I think people take this to mean, well, I didn't find anything, so I'm, I'm good to eat the cracker and good to drink the juice or whatever. But the Word of God is is that standard that we compare ourselves to. It's it's the the mirror that we look in. You know, and, and of course, in the tabernacle, they had the uh, um, they had the laver. Where the priests washed 
and it was made from the ladies' looking glasses. And and so when you would go in there to wash, you saw yourself. And uh, which you know, is why we have mirrors in the bathroom. You need to be able to see what you're doing. But Jesus also said that he was the bread of life. And uh, and so, and he told everybody that, you know, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood, otherwise you have no life in you. And so, so of course, that's the things that he's talking about here. But he says to examine yourself with it. And, of course, you all know that that's what you're doing right now, examining yourself by that thing and and saying, okay, God, is there something you're talking to me about? If, and if not, then happy day. You know, no, no sense in going on a witch hunt. But but be, as we uh, are in this 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 time of preparation that God is talking about, then we want to be uh, aware of those things. And uh, God knows that people need structure. And and repetition and reminders and schedules and things and and so um, I know for me it's like I need something to bring up to me that hey now's the time to be thinking about this now now is when you think about this and uh, that that's why they uh, they start advertising Christmas stuff a little bit in November and then at the end of November then you know. Katie bar the door. Um, but, um, so, so he says here that he that eats and drinks unworthily drink eats and drinks damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And this word is actually judgment. Uh, this the sense of distinguishing between right and wrong, this approving uh, or unapproving of of what you've got. And they, they used this back back in those days. They used this uh, these these words of examination and, and judgment and things like that. They used them uh, when they would deal with uh, metallurgy, because you would uh, you'd heat up the metal and you get rid of the stuff that's not pure in it. And, and these are the kinds of words that they talked about, you know. And so you see people biting the gold and everything like that. Make sure this is the right stuff. And so he says that. That if you eat and drink unworthily, then you're eating and drinking judgment or damnation to yourself, not discerning the Lord's body, being unaware that God is talking to me and I'm not listening. And so, of course, we don't want to do that. And he says, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. So, nobody, nobody at all, and if somebody does, I'd love to talk to you about it. Nobody loves to have people pick on stuff that they could do better. Anybody at all? <laughs> okay, okay. You know, I spent all this time working on this little document um, with a bunch of numbers. I love playing with numbers and paper and computer and stuff. It's really fun. It's a lot more fun than climbing around and risking life and limb on a ladder. But I spent all this time on this document. And I was talking to Mike about some of the numbers on it. And he comes over to look at it. And he's like, well, actually, this would need to be this, wouldn't it? And, and this needs to be, because we actually need this information. And I just, I looked at the computer. I was like, I'm not going to look at him. <laughs> Dang it. You know? And I knew he wasn't picking on me. 
or finding fault with me at all. But uh, um, I was so frustrated because it's like, man, I've spent so much time and effort on this thing. And now, dang it. But then, you know, after a, a, a minute of uh, flogging myself mentally, I decided that actually it's give me more time to work on it some more. Because, yay. But um, because now I get to play with more numbers and, and uh, sit at my computer and drink more coffee. So, um, you know, so if you don't like your job, you know, then it's tough to go. But, you know, when you're thinking, well, I'm just going to go sit at the desk and drink coffee and it's going to be all right. So now you know what I do. Uh, Mike goes to work and he works. I, I go to work and I, I play. Um, for this cause, uh, many are sickly among you and many sleep. So when we, when we bypass those instructions, when we see those uh, places where things are not lining up with, with what God's expectation is, with what, what his word is laid out for us, then when we, when we go past that, then, then we're not discerning the Lord's body. And we're coming into this place of being weak and sickly because we're not paying attention to the things that God's telling us. Nobody likes that, hey, you need to do this better. And, and I've told you this before, too. Every week we have a meeting with our guys, and we get to parade all these numbers out. And a lot of times when the numbers don't match up favorably, it's usually my fault. And so that's really fun. But uh, I, I can, I rather than bang my head on the table, I take that that knowledge, that instruction, and I learn from it. I, I, I pick through it and okay, what can I learn from this? What can I do differently to keep this from happening again? That kind of thing, and that's what we do. Is God talks to us about things that that should be going this way. And maybe they're going this way. So so we, we, we correct that course, and God gives us power to do those things. And that's what he's talking about. And he says, if we would judge ourselves, then we should not be judged. So if I would have uh, maybe spent a little more time on this little document that I was working on and thought my way through it a little bit more, uh, I could have judged that, hey, actually, I need this information, or actually, I, this this number is really not accurate because of X, Y, and Z. I actually need to be, you know, calculating it this way to come up with the right answer. Then I wouldn't have had to have Mike come over and look at it and tell me that. So, uh, so the point is then is we have the Word of God in in black and white. It's on your coffee table. It's on your desk. It's on your lap. You know, and and that's uh, we can judge ourselves by it. And we don't have to wait for coming to church to do that. Every time we read the Word of God, it's like looking in the mirror. And, and we can see, you know, hopefully when we look in the mirror, we look back and see Him. But if we see something that is less than, then, you know, the important thing to understand is it's not a cause for despair. Um, it's it's something to t- take to him. It's like, hey, God, let's talk about this. Um, I, I see this thing here is not how it should be. So let's talk about how 
this can change. Let's talk about what I could do to fix this. And beyond what I could do to fix it, I need you to to make up what I can't do. And and, and if it's something that you just absolutely could not ever hope to fix, he knows that. And and when you bring it to him, then then his power comes to work on it. And and that works way, way better than ours. So he says that if we would judge ourselves and, and this this word uh, uh, ju- the two different uh, occurrences the word judge here are are virtually the same word. We just have a uh, a prefix on one of them, but they both talk about distinguishing between two things, and and uh, and actually literally means to separate thoroughly. And and so, isn't that what we want between the inside man and the outside man? We want them to be separated thoroughly. Um, because the uh, uh, you know the outside man you know it will give you trouble it will give you fits and it will it's like it's like dragging around a 300 pound baby everywhere you go and uh, just like that <laughs> every time you walk past Dunkin Donuts it makes that noise um, and uh, um, but but we uh, when we separate thoroughly between the inside the desires of the inside man and the outside man, then it's a lot easier to see which uh, which impulses you need to just toss aside. It's easy to see which which behaviors and which things should I just say no to. Like what's where is this coming from? What is the source of this thing? He says, but but when we are judged, we're chastened to the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. And I think of this verse as kind of the the safety net verse. Because if you're anything like me, then you've probably spent at least a little bit of time wringing your hands thinking, well, what if God's talking to me about something and I don't get it? What if God's talking really loud and I'm still not catching on or I wasn't really paying attention? God knows how to keep turning it up until we're we're all ears. You know, even if you even if you decided you were going to ignore him before. Um, uh, I tried to teach my children not to shout across the house, especially because if you're upstairs in Zoe's room and I'm down in the kitchen, I'm not going to be able to hear you anyway. Um, so sometimes I hear them. Dad! You know, and it echoes through the cavernous vaults of the hallways. And, and I heard them, but I ignore it because I want them to actually come where they can talk to me because I don't want to shout back. And, and I don't know, there, there's something that immediately gets my hackles up about Dad when it has like five A's in it. Dad! Mom! I, I don't know. I mean, something about that just immediately just sets my teeth on edge. Like, oh, it's like I have judged this situation already. <laughs> like, you're all in trouble. Now stop it. Um, but the, the thing is, is God knows that that we want to please Him, 
he knows that we want we want him to be happy with our life and and he knows that sometimes uh we're going to hear him calling our name about something and we're going to just pretend we didn't hear him which he sees your heart and he knows that you know you you're you, the only one you're pretending that you didn't hear him to is you he knows you heard him But he knows how to bring us to a place where we're ready to hear what he's saying and and really deal with it. And actually, the sooner we do that, the, the easier it is. But he says that when we're judged, and, and, you know, our society has conditioned us to think of judgment as being bad, evil. Only narrow, bigoted, horrible people do that, and which is okay. I'm, I'm horrible, narrow, and bigoted, but... Um, When when you're trying to learn how to do something, you need somebody that knows how to do it to critique you. And that's what judgment is. It's like, hey, let's do this differently. You know, when Ron was an air traffic controller and he would give him the course corrections or like the like you know, change the height on the glide slope or whatever, all that stuff. You know, well he could have just not, but then that wouldn't work for anybody. And so that that's what judgment is. And and so he says here that when we're judged and we're chastened of the Lord. Nobody likes chastening. I think the Bible even says that somewhere. And he says that we should not be condemned with the world. Because that's the thing. And, and, and that word literally means judged against. So it's like you, you've reached this place of being judged, and the judgment is against you. It's not in your favor. Uh, and that's, that's the thing that we don't want. And, and so that's why God brings us judgment in the first place. But I really like how how Paul brings this in with this sense. He he's following up the statement of if we would judge ourselves, we'd not be judged. So we have we have the rule book, um, and you know, uh, I'll just wrap up with this one last example. We were on the phone with our business coach the other day, and uh, as I've said before, it doesn't make sense to pay him all this money and not do the stuff he tells us to do. But occasionally that happens. And so uh, he's like, so how many uh, customer testimonial videos do you have for your, your sales presentation? And I'm like, none. And he's like, oh, come on. you got to have at least one. I was like, no, we don't have a single one. We have not implemented a thing from that module. He's like, okay, well, here's what you're going to do. So, so he... he he knows that this will work, and I know it will work. I just don't want to do it. And <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and really, I probably don't have to. The guy, the handsome guys with the beards and the white pants, have to do it. But um, you know, he so so he he judged this thing for me. That it's like, well, you didn't do it, did you? No, I didn't. Okay. It's like so. Um, so then doing it would remove that sense of being judged against, wouldn't it? So, simple enough. So if God's telling you, well, here's the thing that you want to do. That's the thing you want to do. And and if he's telling you this is the thing you don't want to do, then that's the thing you don't want to do. And, 
it's really not a whole lot more complicated than that. And and so you know, God gives us those things, and He gives us His Word to refer to because Adam and Eve had this this sense of being able to judge with nothing to base their judgment on, and and you can see what a disaster that was for them because they came up with completely the wrong conclusion right out of the bag. So having His Word then. This this judging ourselves to be not judged. Um, we can and, and examining ourselves uh, by His Word. We do that by getting our nose in the book, and 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 putting it inside of us. And uh, and you'd be surprised how the more you do that, the more you're getting ready to say something untoward or or do something uh, that you will regret later. And this scripture will just pop up unbidden in your mind, and and God talks to us like that, and and then we have this opportunity to judge ourselves by that. Like, okay, so here's what I'm getting ready to do, and here's what the Word of God says. So let's distinguish thoroughly, separate thoroughly between these things, and figure out which one of these would be the right thing to do. And you have to do a little more than breathe to be able to figure out what the right answer is there. So. So examining ourselves then is is an important thing, and um, as as God does these things in our life, we wanna we wanna work with Him and and uh, and just be part of, be part of the team because He's given us that opportunity. So Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives, God, and we we pray that you would do in us exactly what you would do, God, that that you would examine my heart with your word. God, uh, everything that is less than what your word would have, that's the things that I want rid of. Those are the things I want changed. Those are the things I want to address. And I pray that those things that I don't see, that you would cause me to see. And God, I just I pray that for every person in this place, God, that you would bring us to those right conclusions. Lord Jesus, that, that we would draw near to you God, and, and come to you. Um, to receive those things that you have, uh, having having already done business uh, on the issues that need straightened out. And we just pray it and ask it in your righteous name. Amen. Amen.